Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now on to today's show. Hello again, friends. 10-Minute Tuesday is back after a short hiatus. I've been hiding in my office, getting dandruff, putting on kilos, writing the next book again. Uh, and that's uh, been a really important project to focus on. But I've got something really important to say again. And uh, it's it's off the back of some very confronting conversations. So i uh, love to talk you through the Insecurity Project, the vision for 2021, and specifically how insecurity and COVID connect. Where is the intersection? What has insecurity got to offer? What has the insecurity project actually got to offer the world in our current times? Um, I, I don't know about you. I don't know how you've been battling with this. I don't know where you are in the world and, and how uh, the government is impacting your freedoms or or COVID is impacting your lifestyle. Um, but here in, in New South Wales, it's not a lot of fun at the moment, um, similar to some other parts in the world that are uh, in, in some quite restricted times, that had been really overwhelming to me. I hadn't had any way of thinking about it constructively because I felt like I had nothing to contribute and nothing was inside my direct control. So I just felt like a complete waste of energy to, to devote my time thinking about the global situation if I couldn't do anything to change it. But after a couple of particularly painful conversations this week, um, that's no longer appropriate. That's no longer going to work for me. Uh, I, I've, I've taken my head out of the sand and had a bit of a look around and you might be listening thinking, yeah, Jamin, I'm ahead of you. I, I already did that a long time ago. Or maybe you're still not knowing what to do with this crisis. So uh, I do want to get political for a moment and just talk about the state of the world uh, because our government cannot be trusted. That's not saying anything particularly strange or derogatory, actually, Uh you know the the state of the political landscape in our country and other countries is that being a good human is not a prerequisite for being a good politician. By the time a, a leader uh, has any kind of influence, they've had to have sold their soul and and really jeopardise their moral compass along the process to get to the position where they are towing the party line and have got enough people on side to have any kind of influence. Again, that's not saying anything particularly derogatory or surprising. Um, you, you listen to any parliamentary debate, they're not, they're not good human conversations. They're very childish, they're very manipulative, there are very clear structures to those conversations, and they're, and they're low level. So it is important to step back from a moment and go, if all your decision-making is based on information you're getting from the government, you, you can't rely on that as an accurate source. You can't rely on that as completely agenda-free. Um, look, and I don't, I don't think our politicians, our government, are particularly malicious. I, I honestly don't. Um, I just think they're stupid um, and insecure. And, and I think, uh, you know, they're, they're puppets for some agendas that um, aren't particularly kind. I think it is also important to know, without being dramatic, that not everyone in the world has your best interests at heart. Um, there are some people with a lot of money, and they require people with a lot of power to make decisions so they can keep getting a lot of money. 
the people with a lot of power require the people with a lot of money to help them stay with power. So there are some backroom deals to keep the flow of power and money together that keeps the system rolling. And when you step back from the current crisis and just review the data around the propaganda that's being sold to us around this is a global health crisis, uh, that can't be true. If that were true, and, and this has been my painful awakening this, this week to realise Let's just, think, let's just think about that for a moment and consider that if this was a global health crisis, then the decisions being handed down from the top would reflect that. However, the decisions that have been given to us and what we've been told to do often has far greater health impacts than the problems it seeks to solve. And the, the, there is no data that would support the fact that all the decisions have resulted in the best overall health outcomes. So if it's not about health, sure, health is a part of it, but health is not the primary decision maker. It must be about power and money. Again, not being dramatic, not being controversial, just being a bit clear about this. So that's important to come to terms with that. And then it's important to, to break through the illusion of no choice and see what can be done about this. Because this is this is where insecurity comes in. And this was me realizing that um, I have to say some stuff because this is an insecurity problem. For the insecurity of the wealthy elite who are completely governed by uh, what they get from their, their status and their power that wealth provides them and ego-driven, and from the insecurity of our political elite, the people in positions of power without any backbone, without any moral compass a lot of the time, just making decisions that are self-serving or party-serving so that they can stay in power. Um, we all suffer greatly for the significant insecurity of the people with power and money in the world. Therefore, the insecurity project, it must have something to say about that. It must highlight the fact that insecurity costs us greatly. Um then, then we have to look a bit closer to home and go, well, how does insecurity cost the average punter, the person who doesn't have lots of power or lots of money? Well, you'll see it impacts us each dramatically because if there is insecurity, then we can be controlled and manipulated by fear. The government and, and the power brokers have so much more leverage to play into our fears, our insecurities about what we could lose and make decisions that... Uh, that help us uh, have less fear, seemingly less fear. So the, the point is if, um, let's start with us, if we have less insecurity as human beings, we have, we have less ability to be controlled or bullied or manip- manipulated by the government. There are less things that they can threaten us with. There is less leverage they can use to influence our decision-making about what we will and won't do. And that is our first priority. Obviously, the, the point of the insecurity project is to have lead a conversation globally and to go all the way to the top with this. But but at the moment, the point is us, you, me. We, we've got to deal with our insecurity. We must. For the sake of the planet, we must. Because all that's required for evil to survive in the world is for good people to do nothing. Again, not an overly dramatic statement, but a useful one to realize that at times in history, that has been the state of play. Evil has survived because good people have not responded, have not stood up. And so that is a challenge for every generation to not just swallow what's being fed, but to process it consciously, actively, and to resist where necessary. So uh, I think that there's some some really important responsibility that we each have. And 
Um, I'll start by describing our responsibility as the importance of us each waking up and growing up. There's a lot of rhetoric around being woke, being uh, being waken up. You know, there's lots of aggressive language around. You know, wake up. Um, use an attack for people who are who are sheeple, who are gullible, who are, who are just swallowing whatever propaganda has been given by the media or the government. Um, so it's not just about waking up because you can wake up and still find yourself as a as a toddler or a child or a teenager, and then what comes out of your mouth is ugly and immature and rebellious. Like you can't fight horseshit with bullshit, otherwise it's just one giant shit show. If we're going to respond, we have to respond with some maturity. We have to respond. That 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 is clear more than ever before. It is clear, but we have to respond not just because we've woken up, but also because we've grown up. There is a responsibility for us each to do some inner work. So we are speaking from a place of security. We're speaking from a place of internal safety, internal certainty, with nothing to prove or defend, but the ability to say no I, I, this far and no further. Uh, we, we must resist, and I think this is why swearing was invented. At, at some point, you must tell someone to fuck off. That that is the value of that word to say, no, that's not going to work. Uh, for me, it reached a real crisis in my mind around the vaccine passport. Uh, because there are some who've got it and some who don't, and then the world will get bigger for those who've got it and smaller for those who don't. That's alarming to me that the freedoms that we've got as human beings will be lost very quickly under that regime. I don't really have a problem with the vaccine per se, although I, I might if someone close to me had, had suffered some physical um, problems as a result of it. But if I'm, I personally am going to take the moral high ground about toxins I'm putting in my body, well, I'd better cut out crinkle-cut chips and ice-cold beer and let's not even get started with hot dogs and meat pies. So, you know, um, I don't really know what's in the vaccine. I'm not really comfortable with it, but that's not the battle that I want to fight. Uh, to me, the battle worth fighting is to say, don't don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what I can and cannot do. If you want to influence me, pitch with some skill. Pitch a case about why I should respond a certain way. But don't just expect me to do what I've been told because you have been given power. And who knows how you got power, by the way, because you didn't get it because you're a good human being. That's not what's required for power. We must also break through the illusion of no choice. Uh, the painful reality for me was to realize that uh, I had more choice than I'd thought. Uh, hopelessness is a direct result of living with the illusion of no choice. The moment we feel like we're out of options, hope evaporates. There are some people stuck in some very hopeless situations and their world is getting smaller and smaller, but it's always an illusion of no choice. There are plenty of choices the average person can make right now that will make a massive difference to the collective consciousness of the planet. That is not being dramatic. That is how the world works. So we must wake up and grow up and we must go inward. You know, we that is our response to become secure human beings, to become good human beings, and out of an overflow of being a good human being, to put our foot down around some things that are not going to work for us, that are not going to be good for our communities, for our families, for our planet, and to say no. And that goes a long way. That actually goes a really long way. And, and that is the vision of the Insecurity Project. It's to solve a global issue. It is to not just manage this issue at a world level. It's to solve the insecurity problem in individuals, 
in, in governments, in, in leaders. We, we must, for the sake of the planet, solve the insecurity problem. Otherwise, we are all in great peril. And that's not being dramatic. These are serious issues and dangerous times. Now, the exciting thing uh, that I've been working on in the last few months is the Insecurity Project app. I really think it's a world first. I think it's the one of a kind. You know, there's plenty of wellness apps and different kind of coaching tools that are, you know, they're okay, uh, but but I was desperate to find something that worked. So it would feel like you've got a world-class coach in your pocket, that if you're committed to solving insecurity, you've actually got technology that can serve you in that pursuit. So this app's really exciting. Uh, it, it gives you uh, data that's going to be tracked in terms of your progress. Uh, it'll give you real-time coaching around seven practices. It'll give you access to group coaching. There will be exclusive content, how-to videos, recommended reading, cheat sheets, a bunch of other cool things that you can only access within that app. Uh, and it'll it'll be part of a, a movement of people who really want to do the work. So I've got my an opportunity to start my first 10 trial users on that this week and then you'll have an announcement very shortly around when the the world launch of that will be. So uh, stay tuned for that and uh, super exciting news. So look, that's been a different conversation today. I get it, but a very important one. Welcome any feedback you've got or any conversations that you think are important to have as a result of this. Uh, but thanks for going on the journey and uh, let's let's grow up and wake up and be good human beings. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project Podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity.